It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Hey, let's go. Hour number two. I'm Matt in the Bureau of the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. That's because you have that fender bender at 11 p.m. on, let's say, Sunday night. You don't have to wait for business hours on Monday to call some 800 number, sit on hold for an hour, and talk to somebody three states away. Not with Farm Bureau Insurance. Nope. When that fender bender happens on Sunday night on the way home from potluck after church, you pull out your handy-dandy phone from C Spire and go and text your Farm Bureau insurance agent, who you probably just ate supper with at church, who is probably, if not there, sitting at his house over here watching the end of the Sunday night football game in his recliner at his house about three blocks away. Local, local, local. Somebody you know. Face-to-face, you talk to, you text him, and he says, hold on, I'll be right there. When, when you talk about like what insurance is all about, that convenience and being able to know somebody face-to-face and know your Farm Bureau insurance agent, it's just like the other day when I was in Brandon watching Jake Mangum sign autographs at the Farm Bureau insurance office. And, you know, listener Judy came in there with about 85 different things to get them autographed. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. And he and there's Jake Mangum, and he's signing autographs and meeting people and taking pictures. Who's standing right there next to him, watching the whole thing? Shane Fletcher, local Farm Bureau insurance agent, Brandon, Mississippi. It's his office. And Shane's even a big old Miss fan. And <laughs> letting it all happen. <laughs> and it's a so, you know, something happens. You, you pull out onto, what's that street over there, Ebenezer, and boom, you know, hit the curb, bust a tire. Or, you know, running, God forbid, God forbid, I'm just using an example. Then you just text Shane, and he comes out, and he's right there because he's right there. There's just nothing like it. The uh, locality, is that a word? Locality? Localness? <laughs> don't, don't look it up, please. I'm, I'm sort of being facetious. All right. What do you want to get into here in hour number two? Plenty to get into. Today is Coach Ron Polk's birthday. We've covered that. Happy birthday, Coach Polk. We do have a little basketball to review. Texas A&M put it on Ole Miss last night. State's going to play tonight hosting Georgia. And State's pretty much a you know prohibitive favorite. State's a 10-win team. Georgia's a 5-win team. But you just never know. And so we'll do a little review preview. Just take a peek at some basketball stuff. And I've got uh, some television viewing trends. We've gotten into that here, and it interests me because I'm interested in the direction a lot of these sports and these leagues are going to go. So we'll talk about um, uh, some of that with you also. First, though, I do want to hit a text or two. We were talking about the super fans on Saturday Night Live. That came through in hour number one. Louvier... (laughs) Louvier texted and, and remembered a hurricane versus Ditka. And then they go, but what if the hurricane was named Hurricane Ditka? <laughs> and, then it's a, right? and then it's a whole different proposition. Uh, True Maroon sent us a picture, and it says, Sources, McGee and Mendenhall 
are going to consolidate in the timeline for the first year of the consolidation will be the 2024-25 school year. It's still unknown the name of the school and the mascot. Wow. McGee won a state championship, uh, what, last year in football? They didn't turn around and win it again this year, did they? I don't think so. So we're going to have a consolidation of McGee and Mendenhall. That's according to Brandon Shields on Twitter from Capital Sports MS. Thanks, True Maroon, for sending that along. And on the Country Pleasing text line at 885-ESPN or 885-3776, Jason and Flagstaff said, LOL, I just tuned in, and the commercials on y'all's internet feed is atrocious. He said, one was presenting, let me read this, ridiculous prices of medicines is a good thing for us all and led to the vaccines being created so quickly. Never mind big fat blank check that Donald Trump's administration wrote them. Jason, I don't know about any of that because I can't hear it. <laughs> they aren't local commercials. <laughs> that would be something different. So I didn't, even, I didn't hear any of that, but thanks for texting and listening uh, as always. So as we kick off hour two, there's uh, several ways you can be a part of the show. Hit me up on the comments on the live stream if you're on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter. Hey to y'all. Thanks for tuning in. It's one way to be a part of the show. You can text me on the aforementioned country please and text line, country please and sausage on grocery store shelves around the southeast. You can get it at Walmart. I get mine at Walmart a lot. I also get a lot of stuff when I go to Country Meat Packers on Highway 49 in Florence. Got myself a new freezer. I need to fill it up soon. Uh, or you can call me on the Davini phone, Davini Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. You're Kubota dealer, 995-1059. Feel free to give me a call. I'd love to hear your voice. 995-1059. It is a 601 number. Speaking of Davini, I, I mentioned this to you earlier. Um, you know, they have two locations. They are growing fast at Davini, and they need uh, some people to come to work. They've got some spots for you if you are... You know, a technician, a mechanic, technicians and mechanics primarily uh, needed. They're growing and need people, need skill. Um, service department elsewhere, too. So y'all can find them at DiviniEquipment.com. You hear me? The best. Now, now, if you're listening and you're in the area, you know, Spring Ridge Road, Divinity there, Jackson, Gluckstadt, Highway 51, you know, Madison Highway 51 uh, location of Divinity, you certainly go in, you know, talk to Bruce, talk to Jonathan. If you know them or if you know you're going to go by there, sure, pop in. But if not, let's just say, you know, maybe you're a couple miles away or more, you hear this, you think that applies to you. I'm telling you, find, find, find people at Divinity, the kind of people that you want to know and work for. Um, you just contact them. Get on the website, find the phone number, call them up, tell them you heard me mention it on the radio. Okay, need uh, technicians, mechanics in the service department at Divinity. They are growing fast. And find it at DiviniEquipment.com. Just passing it along. Just passing it along. All right, here are those numbers. According to Michael McCarthy. Time out. I got to reload. Hey, Bill, did I tell you where I went this morning? Yeah, you sure did. I did mention it to you. I thought I mentioned it to you. Yeah. And there were the coffee smells really good. I got to go to High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany today where they roast the coffee, actually the operation. 
And man, I walked in there. I was wearing this jacket that I have on now. And I hope that the smell in that place stuck to my jacket. That's how good it smells in there. Yeah. I mean, it was. And I, and I picked up some coffee while I was there, too. Got to see Dan, the coffee man. Sam, the soon-to-be coffee man. <laughs> Sam, the coffee man, and Dan, the coffee man at High Point Roasters in New Albany. And so I got a thermos full of hot coffee from High Point Roasters in my High Point Roasters cup. And it reminded me, I know I'm backtracking, it reminded me that here on Ron Polk's birthday, happy 78th birthday to Ron Polk, Dan was telling me that he has a granddaughter who's a big baseball fan. Now, she doesn't play baseball, but she's a big baseball fan. She read the Ron Polk baseball book, you know, that he wrote, sort of the, the baseball playbook that Ron Polk wrote. She watches baseball and could coach it right now. She's already calling for hit and runs, knows when they're going to happen, everything. And that was a great story. And then I walk out and realize Ron Polk's birthday. He's having an effect on generation after generation and generation of baseball fan. Okay, here we go. Now back to the numbers. Michael McCarthy, senior writer for Front Office Sports in USA Today, Sports Illustrated, uh, has spent time at the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. He tweets this. The NFL just wrapped a huge TV year in 2021. Now the overall, I'm going to give you some numbers, but just remember the overall point of this is to that the numbers are in. NFL television viewership was way up in 2021. The league says that its games averaged 17.1 million viewers this season. That's TV and digital. Okay, so if you're like me and several times you tuned into the Saints game on Hulu on your phone or the Cowboys on Monday Night Football on your phone, you know, that too counts. Okay, so they're, you know, factoring that in there. But but hold on, just before I go to the next thing, listen close, and let's make sure we're all on the same page here. It's a big year. Their games averaged, the NFL games averaged 17.1 million viewers. Bear in mind, I just told you last week, and this was before, we don't, I don't have in my hand yet the rating, the television rating for Alabama-Georgia national title game. It may be big. I would think it would be, you know, big, but we'll see. But last week, the playoff games, okay, Alabama versus Cincinnati, Georgia versus Michigan. <laughs> We're talking about the final four of college football, the viewership was just a hair over 16 million, down 3 million from last year, and it just goes down and down and down every year. Like it's, it's a steep every year. They hit a new low this year for the viewership for the playoff games, just over 16 million. So what I'm telling you is you got down to the final four in college football. Even a huge market like Michigan is in it. Even, you know, SEC, Alabama, Georgia. Ask any media person. You can't get 
more clicks on a story than you can if you write about Alabama. I can't get more views on a YouTube video than putting a video out there, a film study of Alabama. If I'm just chasing views, I just do Alabama all the time. Okay, you had Alabama, you had Michigan, you had Georgia. In these playoff games, I know the games got stretched out, but we're saying that the views for the final four in college football were less than the average of all NFL games in 2021. With the regular season. We know the NFL is king. You've heard it. You would agree. Like, even if you didn't know the exact numbers, it here's some numbers. They averaged across all NFL games more viewers than the biggest games in college football this year. Okay, now it is up 10% for the NFL year over year, one year to the next. It is the league's highest regular season television average since the 2015 season. Now let's think about something. What is the reality here? Now, y'all may actually have to help me with the time frame because I can't be 100% sure, but what's... And Bill, you may, you may remember too, because I know you, you will remember this, but you remember when the NFL had the controversy? We had the anthem controversy. We had the protests. We had the kneeling, the Kaepernick stuff, and everything boiled over. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Are we talking about 2015-ish? 16, 17-ish, at least. Seems like Dak was in the NFL when that happened because they asked him as the Cowboys quarterback whether he was going to stand for the anthem or not, right? So maybe we're talking about 16, 17. Still, it's about the, t- si- uh, the, excuse me, this, about the same time frame. So it's the highest regular season viewership since the 2015 season. So you had the 2015 season, which was a high at that time, and then over the next two years, 16-17, which included over the next couple of years all the controversy and the anthem stuff, it dropped. And now, this year, 2021, the highest regular season average since 2015. I guess here's what I'm pointing to. NFL has always been king, and this is a different angle of looking at these numbers. I just gave you the college comparison. The NFL was cruising along, hitting home run after home run ratings-wise and, and, and through the 2015 season, and then controversy hit. And what did it do? It dropped. 16-17, it dropped. Leaving 2015 season, the high mark. Controversy hit, it dropped. Viewership dropped. Drop, drop, drop. 2020 pandemic, it's down. And then 2021, Fans are back, season's back, no controversy. It is the highest regular season average rating since the 2015 season. Now are we reading this right? Now the total number doesn't really mean a whole lot to me. It would to an executive in television and an ad rep or something. Fans consume 370 billion total minutes. But anyway, they say that's up 18%. So you y- 18 to 20% up in the viewership. It exploded this year. The NFL regular season viewership popped. 
Now, let me give you the games, specific games. Here they are. The 10 most watched games for the 2021 regular season. Number 10, Cowboys Chargers, 25 million. Number 9, Packers Chiefs. Number 8, Cowboys Bucks season opener. Number 7, Rams Packers. Number 6, Cardinals Cowboys <laughs> on Fox. Now let's do top 5. Number 5, Bucks Patriots. Brady goes back to Foxborough. 27 million. This surprised me. Number four, Bears versus Lions, 28 million. What's that all about? Number three, was that Thanksgiving? Was Bears Lions Thanksgiving? Might have been. Number three, Browns and Packers. Number two, Cowboys and Chiefs. Chiefs. And number one, the Raiders and Cowboys game, Thanksgiving, 40.8 million in viewers. <laughs> 40 million viewers. Thanksgiving Day. Wasn't that Thanksgiving? I'm sure it was. Didn't the Saints play on Thanksgiving night opposite of the Egg Bowl? Yes, they did. Well, why aren't they on this list? That's when the Bills beat the Saints 31-6 Thanksgiving night. I tell you what now, I, I mean, say what we want. What was the network for that one? I mean, I don't know. They're all national broadcasts. Holy cow. Did the Egg Bowl cut into... The Saints viewership, I don't know what the deal is here. But the number one watched NFL game the entire year was Thanksgiving Day, Cowboys-Raiders. And it was a good game, a shootout. Raiders win it 36-33. 40 million viewers. That same day, the early game, Bears and Lions, Thanksgiving Day, was in the top five at number four, 28 million. But you had Thanksgiving night, Bills and Saints, and it's not in the top 10. Now, for all I know, it might have been the 11th or 12th. It may be close, but it's not in the top 10. So it's not like the other two. You just can't help but wonder, you know, I, what do you think, Bill? What do you think is the reason for that? you think it's because people were in their cars going home from Thanksgiving gatherings that night or what? Well, that could be part of it, I guess. Of course, the game was a blowout, 31-6. That could be it, too, because the other two were close. The Bears beat the Lions 16-14. to The Raiders beat the Cowboys 36-33. But the Bills beat the Saints 31-6. to It's just two of the three Thanksgiving Day games were in the top ten most viewed, but the Saints game was not that night. That's curious. So maybe it's a combination. If it's a night game, it's a blowout, there was a college game on. I mean, I don't know. I just hadn't heard that much about and there being some big rating for the college game, for the Egg Bowl. The other thing that you point to, to the top games that were viewed this year in the NFL, the Cowboys, five of the top ten. 
man, what is it about the Cowboys? Now, I'm happy. I've become a quasi-Cowboys fan simply because of Dak Prescott. Watch every snap he takes, pull him for him, want him to win every game he ever plays. Love that guy. I'm a Dak fan. Okay, so I was in that $40 million Thanksgiving. <laughs> but what is it about the Cowboys? What is it about that brand and that star and those uniforms and Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Marcus Lawrence, Michael Parsons. I mean, what it Diggs probably buried the lead there on that one. Trevion Diggs. What is it about the Cowboys? It's just something about them. Haven't won a Super Bowl in 30 years. But five of the top ten most viewed games are Cowboys games. They move the needle. It's just something about them. They're like the Yankees, aren't they? That's what it is. I don't know about you. I found it interesting. Uh, the basketball stuff coming up. We'll hit the phone line when we come back. Still got time to jump in the Wayback Machine with you one more time. Have a little fun with that. I'm Matt. On this hump day in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stay with me. He's just taller than his hair is. Nice hair! It's the Matt Wyatt Show. All right, coming to the phone, but real quick, uh, Chuck says on Twitch, the Cowboys are the most popular team in the NFL, so lots of people tune in to see them. You know, and I get that, but I understand that, but why are they the most popular team in the NFL? I mean, that's what I'm asking, Chuck. I understand that they are. I'm saying, how, why, you know, how do, you, how do we explain that dynamic? Now, Chuck, I want to say because of that, lots of people tune in to root for the Cowboys, but probably even more tune in to root against them. So you do get that. But what, what I'm saying is, what is it about the Cowboys? Okay, I mean, we forget. Well, we don't forget, but, but to compare, it's, it's Tom Brady who's won all these Super Bowls here in the last decade or so. Okay, it's the Patriots who dominated. It's the Bucks who won it last year with Tom Brady. You know, it's it's the Packers who are the best team in the NFL and have this long history, right? I mean, how many teams have won multiple Super Bowls since the Cowboys won one? I mean, Seattle won and then has been to more than one, right? I mean, heck, the Bears have been to a Super Bowl since the Cowboys have. Chicago. You know, the Giants won two uh, since the Cowboys have been to one. I mean, but, so I guess what I'm saying is, what without asking an expert and going and looking at what somebody else thinks about it, how would we explain 
the fact that, yes, you're exactly right, the Cowboys are the most popular team in the NFL. How do we explain it? Is people go, well, it's all that success they had years ago. Well, heck, you got 40 million people watching. I bet 20 million of them weren't even alive when they won all those Super Bowls back then, when Landry coached. You know, a good portion of that 40 million who watched him on Thanksgiving wasn't alive when Troy Aikman was their quarterback. How do we explain it? Just telling you, it's like, it's, isn't it, is it a, is it a, Half a century carryover of success that built up into it's a team we talked about, and they built a fan base, and they have cool uniforms. I mean, I think there are some things we can't explain. We can't really explain it. We know it. It's real. It's reality. Can't really explain it. What is it about the Cowboys? People love to jump in on them, and and they just they attract the eye. I don't know. Is it the silver uniforms? Well, if that's the case, everybody would have silver uniforms. I don't know what it is. All right, back over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone, Winslow on line one. What's up, Winslow? Hey, Matt. Uh, it's not why I called, but real quick, a lot of fandom has passed down. My, my dad was a huge fan of Tom Landry and his fedora because he wore a hat, and, and I guess that's where I picked up my, my mm-hmm. cowboy fandom. But... Uh, what I called you about is uh, uh, Ron Pope. Since this is his birthday, it seems like it's a good time to, to share a little story with you. Uh, I, I had the good fortune many years ago to cover Ron's first and third teams at State. And so I, over the years, I have learned where not only Ron got his good looks, but also his personality. Okay. So we'll, we'll start with his good looks first. Uh, I remember the first year he was there, word got around that his parents had come in for a visit from Arizona. And sure enough, they were down there in the box seats. And at that time, the box seats consisted of about a dozen uh, theater seats on either side of the press cubicle. Couldn't really call it a press box. It was more like a cubicle. <laughs> and so his dad got up one time to, I guess, to go to the restroom or something. I got a look at him. And sure enough, the older Ron got, the, the, the more he became the spitting image of that, that bulldog face that okay. his dad had, and he, he eventually grew. But it took a little while for his personality. So you fast forward nine years, and it's 1985, and my buddy and I are, are, are going to Omaha, and we're staying at the Holiday Inn in Council Bluffs, with, right across the river there. And the, the team stayed in Omaha at the Red Line, but all the, the fans and the families and everything were there at the Holiday Inn. So we go down to the restaurant one morning, and it is packed. There's not a single empty table. And we see this table for four, and there's a little old lady sitting there. So we go over, and, and we, we nicely say, you know, ma'am, could we sit here and order some breakfast? She says, sure, help yourself. So we, we sit down, and we get our order in, and we introduce ourselves. And then she says, well, I'm Ruth Polk. Ronald is my son. Hmm. Not Ron, but Ronald is my son. So we're just sitting there. We're like, our, our mouths are dropped open you know we're we're sitting with coach pokes uh, mother and so we begin to gush about how, how much we love him and everything you know and and she looks at us and she says well if you want to keep him you better build that stadium that he wants or he's going to leave you <laughs> so we learn right then where ron got his 
personality. <laughs> and so we told her, we said, man, we'll, we'll do all that we can. And so the very week, we, next week we got home, we called and, and got our seats at the stadium then. And wow. that was like, you know, a couple of years before it opened. But that was that was really, really, really funny, and, and I will never forget that because I, I told my friend then, I said, well, now we know where Ron's temperament comes from because yeah. uh, Ruth Pope was, was, a, was a feisty but, but very nice lady, but, you know, you hit on a, we hit on a point that was very near and dear to her, and she basically said, you know, you love him that much and you want to keep him, you know what you've got to do and you've got to build him that stadium, and so... Fortunately, two years later, that that came to pass. Hey, hey, nobody has ever had to say to Coach Polk, "Hey, Coach, why don't you just come out and say it?" They've never had to say those <laughs> words to him, have they? No, <laughs> no. I, I, I mean, I, I approached him one time after after a ball game to to sign a couple of things for my son's birthday, and I had him in a bag, and so I catch him as he's coming out of the press box, and and I said, uh, you know, Coach, I got a got. Uh, would you would you sign some stuff for me? He looks up at me and he says, "How much stuff have you got?" <laughs> and I'm like, Coach, no, no, no. I I hadn't got like you know twenty five. I got a couple things for my son's birthday. He's like, "Oh, okay, sure, sure, sure." But he kind of looks at me like, "Okay, you know, you you don't have like fifty things in there that's going to take me an hour to sign." Yeah, that's great. But yeah, he came right to the point. In other words, how much how much time is this going to take me? Right, that's great. Winslow, if I can pry just a little bit, you said, you know, in those early years of Ron Polk as the coach, you covered those teams. What 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 line yeah. of work were you in? Well, I was a student the first time. I, I covered his first team for the Reflector, okay. and then uh, took a year off and went to another publication, the the very early version of Dog's Bite, when it was a, a, tab, a tabloid publication, you know, newspaper uh, line. Right. Well, if you're on the live stream, it looks like I might have lost my feed coming from Jackson, uh, so I may not be actually hearing the end of Winslow's call. I may actually have to hit the reset so that I can get connected. They may hear me <laughs> right now, but I can't hear them. I've lost one half of that feed. Uh, so if you're on the live stream, what we're going to do is hit a reset button. We'll come Appreciate back. Appreciate it, guys. All Thank right. you for letting me tell that story. I think he's back now. He's back. Now. Yeah, I'm back. Hey, Winslow, okay. I, I I missed the very end of it, but uh, I will um, tell you thank you, and we'll reconnect again. He's had a little thank trouble you. with his connection right now. Hey, thanks, Winslow. Yeah. Appreciate you. Hey, you got me now, Bill? Oh, yeah, you're here. Okay. Here. Winslow, appreciate the call, man. Out, coming back. Yeah, thanks to Winslow for the call. It, it dropped out right at the end of it, and then uh, it came back and then out and back, and I was telling the people in the live stream we might have to actually jump out of here and hit a reset so that I could get connected. But it looks like it's connected me back again, so we're good. Winslow, if you're listening, sorry that I cut out there at the end of that, but that was that was really uh, entertaining, and I, I – I'm curious, the reason I asked kind of, you know, how you're around those early teams. Um, <clears throat> you know, Coach Polk's 78 years old today. It's his 78th birthday. And I think that there are some stories that um, maybe of him and about him that we can tell. We might need to get our heads together uh, and do something, um, do something about that. So, Winslow, if you're still tuning in, uh, call me back, text me back. I might like to get an email address or give you mine. We might like to track down some stories and do something on that. Uh, so let me know. 
And again, apologies for the, the breakup on my connection towards the end of it. Um, let's see here. Let me get back in on the uh, Country Please and text line. I'll backtrack just a little bit. Country Please and Sausage. Hey, Louvier, great picture. Louvier sent me a picture of his son, Nick, who is a coach at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. And it's, there's three people in the picture, y'all. There's Nick Louvier, Louvier's son in the middle, the coach, and then a football player on either side. And both these guys are humongous linemen. Their numbers are in the 70s, so they're both offensive linemen at Gulf Coast. But I'm telling you, each one has to be in that 330-pound range <laughs> standing in there at about six foot five. They are massive individuals. And Louvier's text says, can you tell which one is Nick? <laughs> yeah, Olivier, I sure can. No issues. All right, unnamed texture says uh, the Cowboys are America's team. Cowboys associates with good old days and manly men. Okay, so that's it. Three Hump Camel says Dak is just really popular, and that's all there is to it. He says Dak is really popular, and that's all there is to it. All right, so... Uh, um, I think what we'll do, we'll hit a break. If you're on the live stream, we're going to hit a break right here, and then we'll be back shortly. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. Are you ready? Get ready for the Mississippi State Radio Analyst. And he's on your radio right now. now. You've got the Matt Wyatt Show. I'm back, and boy, am I glad to be. Some more texts real quick. Uh, yeah, it was Three Hump Camel who texted that Dak is just really popular. That's all there is to it. Joey texted and said the Jacksonville Jaguars have a better playoff record since entering the, the league than the Dallas Cowboys in that same time. And, and that's what I'm saying. Okay, it's just not winning a whole bunch of stuff on the field that while the Cowboys are by far the most valuable franchise in all of pro sports, ask Forbes, don't ask me. They are number one. The Yankees are not. You know, the Lakers are not. It's the Cowboys. You know, viewership, Cowboys most viewed. Five of the top ten most watched NFL games, Cowboys. What is it? Is it the uniforms? Is it the stars? Is it Dak? Is it the drama? It's just something cool about the star. Is it a carryover from past fan bases and all the winning they did under Landry and in the early 90s? And so, therefore, it was passed down to generations. That's what Winslow said. You know, his dad sort of passed the Cowboys fandom down to him. What is it? I don't know that you can explain it by any of those, honestly. But it's something. B-Dog 2 says Dak is very likable. But, see, they were the number one sports franchise before Dak. They will be when he's done. For sure. Jason and Flagstaff said it's still that way, really, unless you're talking about America's team. They used to be the only game on TV as America's team. He said it's still that way, really, unless you're willing to pay extra for your regional game. South of the 35th parallel is going to be the Cowboys more times than not because they are so popular. It's a self-perpetuating cycle since the Cowboys were good. They became popular. And so now, because he says because of the TV um, split up, splitting up the TV package the way the NFL has done. They are delivering the Cowboys games to you. He says so. It's all connected, and that there's actually that makes a lot of sense there. But again, Jason, I think it, w w we're not reverse engineering it. We're not saying they deliver the games to more people, therefore more people watch the Cowboys, therefore they're more fans. It's actually the other way around. It's just chronological. 
the NFL has done the research. There's more people interested in the Cowboys. Therefore, we're going to deliver them the Cowboys game. More people. That's what they want. Because the local affiliates, okay, the local T CBS and Fox affiliates around the country have a say in who they get to carry. Here, they want to carry the Saints, always have. For 20 years ago, I was working in local television in North Mississippi, the local Fox affiliate. What did they want? Saints games. We want the Saints. And then when Eli Manning went to the Giants, they wanted Giants as a, as a second deal because they knew we got to show something we can sell. We're selling advertising to local people, and if local people ain't watching it, we can't sell it. So that's how they've designed the whole thing. See what I mean? And then one quick thing. Unbelievable spike in NFL television viewership this year. When I say unbelievable, a huge spike. The best since 2015, the last regular season before the controversy. Huge numbers. What about the other sports and how that compares? I gave you the paltry numbers, the bleak future, the downturn, chopping off 3 million viewers at a time every year over year for the college football playoff games, the Final Four, which we talked about last week. All-time low last week. What about the Georgia-Alabama National Championship game? Well, the results are in. Thank you, Drew, on Twitter for sending me this link so that I can click on it and deliver this information. Drew, I really appreciate it. Sports Illustrated, SI.com. <clears throat> Came out just a little bit ago here um, uh, on, on SI.com. Now, I'm assuming this is legit. It is SI.com. The title of the article is TV Ratings for Monday's National Championship Game Are Out by Andrew Gastelum, who wrote this. Here's what it says. Social media, a buzz for the Monday National Championship, but TV viewership didn't necessarily reflect the hype. Georgia won the first, their first national championship since 1980 which was watched by an average of 22.6 million viewers. The number one game, the top two teams, the last game of the year, the national championship game watched by an average of 22.6 million. The good news for ESPN is that the ratings appear to be up from last year's game. However, that matchup last year between Ohio State and Alabama was the worst rating of the playoff era with an average of 18.6 million viewers. Monday's national championship, here's the thing, comes in as the second lowest viewership of the playoff era, the second lowest title game viewership in 16 years. When Alabama and Georgia played each other way back in 2018 for the national championship, six to seven million more people watched it than they did this past Monday night.
the first college football championship game that we had, college football playoff, I'm sorry, the first playoff football championship game we had in 2015, Oregon versus Ohio State, over 34 million viewers. Over 12 million more people watched it than watched on Monday night. The second lowest college football title game viewership ever on Monday night. Meanwhile, the NFL this year, even regular season games, an incredible spike. All right, uh, the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Houston on line one. What's up, Houston? Hey, hey Matt. Uh, first and foremost, uh, hope you're having a good day, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if Mississippi State can uh, rebound against Georgia tonight. Uh, but first, um, second, um, since I'm from McGee and uh, this Mendenhall McGee uh, situation, yeah, uh, I am. Uh, uh, I am more. I'm more in favor of a consolidation, um, solely because the, it's tough to keep uh, teachers and administrators and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the reason why they're doing it. And uh, first of all, you know, I want to win, and I'm all about winning. And you know, but but anyway, and the the. Uh, Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, that's one of the more recognizable brands. So I think that has something to do with it as well, yeah. uh, with the TV ratings <laughs> uh, and stuff like that. And then uh, what you just said, I believe that the nation is stale of Alabama and Georgia. And the SEC, they, they just, they don't want to, they don't want to see that, you know, they, they want to see more diversity and they, yeah, you know, I, I don't know, but it's mm-hmm. just really interesting stuff mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. And uh, yeah. lastly, uh, Ron Polk is very special to me, and, and uh, I've been I've had the real good fortune of meeting him at a variety of events, and my granddad was really good friends with him as well. So he uh, he did it, and, and uh, I will tell you one last thing: my dad told me to call him prior to you know, him coming back from uh, Georgia. And he called me back from his office. And I talked with him before he got to Mississippi State um, for that second time. And and it was just a really great experience. Coach Park is a little rough around the edges, but he's a great guy. He great really guy. is. He is. And, and he's a phenomenal uh, – he's just a phenomenal um, – representation of what college baseball is all about and what college sports is all about. And uh, it's just wonderful. Yeah. Well, anyway, you have a great rest of your You too, Houston. Thank you for hanging on. Thanks for calling, buddy. Appreciate you. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. You know, I'm okay with anybody that's a little rough around the edges. I mean, what do we expect? And I kind of like that. And the thing about Coach Polk is, um, you know, some people you go, they're a little rough around the edges, and what we mean is there are horses rear in. Well, I don't mean that about Coach Polk. One of the nicest, uh, most considerate, thoughtful, 
focused, uh, encouraging, pleasant men uh, you'll ever be around. And if coming right out and saying it when it's when something's not right or something needs to be done, if that makes him rough around the edges, then we all need to just live with it. We all need to be a little rough around the edges. That's what I think. All right. Good show today. I enjoyed it. I hope you did, too. That'll put this one in the books. We'll come back tomorrow and do the same thing. For Bill, I'm Matt. Everybody here on the show in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. See you all tomorrow. See you.